Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast. We are well into 2022. And man, this year is not disappointing. I'm here with Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. There's a lot going on in the world from uh, them wanting the, I guess, Prime Minister of London. The fine uh, Prime Minister of London resigning because he had a giant party. I saw in this. his backyard. I saw this. <laughs> Boris Johnson is, uh, you know, early days he's telling everyone to stay in, but he had a massive party. But I guess it's, anyway, that's happening. Omicron is still ongoing. The numbers are unprecedented all over the world. Um, the the tennis guy that's, you know, in Australia. Novak Djokovic. To, no joke. No what, joke is what they're calling him. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's just, I just feel like we haven't had a moment, guys, to to just kind of go zen, the no. year's starting. It, we, it's just like, bang, it's like a clown exploded. <laughs> it is like that. It's like there was that headline too, again, and his reps are now refuting this, but it was like, Kanye West is planning to travel to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin. I was like, can the simulation give us one moment's peace for a second here without giving us 10 million crazy headlines every single day. Well, who was the basketball player that went to Kim Jong-un? Dennis uh, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. So another uh, sport and entertainment person Mm -hmm. trying to solve world problems, which brings us back to the Jan Arden podcast because we are not going to solve any of your problems. So if you're listening, driving with your children, there's not one thing that we can help you with today. And I think... (laughs) Honesty is the best policy. Okay, right out of the bag. Um, we we have talked about New Year's resolutions on the show. And, of course, Reese Witherspoon, beloved Reese Witherspoon, who's hmm. a really fantastic person. I think she inspires a lot of people. She's, she's keeping it real. She's a great actor. Um, so she had kind of a New Year's list of stuff that she wanted to do. And I'm going to throw this over to you, Caitlin, because it really is a funny story about Reese Witherspoon and – Ina Garten kind of sparring on social media. And it was really funny. Yeah, they're pals. So it is like, it's a good friendly tone. But Reese shares some New Year's kind of habits that she wants to incorporate into her everyday life. And she's number one, start the day with a big glass of water. That's easy enough. Nothing wrong with that. Then get 10 minutes of outdoor light. And they're recommending morning light. So exposing your eyes to bright light in the morning is supposed to be good for setting. Your kind of internal clock helps you with sleep, all that stuff. Then spend 30 to 60 minutes reading without distraction every day. And then be in bed bed by 10 p.m., no late night TV binges, and try to get eight hours of rest. So this is these are the goals that she's outlined. Enter Queen Ina Garten, <laughs> who pops into the comment section and she said to quote Reese Witherspoon, that sounds great, but I'm probably not doing any of these things. Lol, my formula is easier to follow. Number one, drink more large cosmos. Number two, stay up late watching addictive streaming series. Three, stay in bed in the morning playing Sudoku instead of reading a good book. Number four, spend more time safely with the people you love. In a pandemic, I do what I can. And... She's just the most relatable celebrity on the face of the planet. If you remember at the start of lockdown, when everyone was uh, like just hitting the bottle hard at home, she decided she was going to post a video, a DIY video of how to make a giant like fishbowl sized Cosmo. And she was just, she like does things exactly when people are feeling them. That kind of was the point. And now she's echoing, I think everyone's sentiments in this new wave that like, 
okay, the stuff that Reese suggested, it's not super expensive, nor is it necessarily hard to do. It's just like, I don't really want to be told what to do. I just want to be left alone. I think people are cheering, you know, the idea of living that perfect life and, you know, pursuing all these health goals and doing all the right things. I think people have gone, screw that. Mm -hmm. And Ina has just, I think she's uniting all these people that seriously are like, no, I'm going to stay up till three in the morning. I'm going to finish succession if it kills me. And I mean, I, a lot of my friends are, you know, I'm getting texts like, yeah, I went to bed at 4.10 a.m. Yeah. I was trying to get through the last season of Yellowstone. So, (laughs) you know, Rick and I did 14 episodes yesterday and I'm like 14 56 minute episodes mm-hmm. of you did of Yellowstone. Yeah, we 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 actually kind of felt sick. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, and again, it's not like and no one's no one's saying these things that they're doing. Like no one's talking about binge watching and being like, oh, like this is great. It's super amazing for my wellness and physical activity. It's like we know it isn't. We're just doing it right now because this is how we're getting through. And uh, I like it. It was hilarious because they were trying to time out their pee breaks. <laughs> so it was literally annoying. Like my friend's husband was like, no, we can't. We just, we've got to time this out. Like we either wait till we both go. So we, they didn't want to stop. And then she went to the bathroom and then 15 minutes later stopped and he went to the bathroom. But yeah, 14 episodes. They said they're never doing it again. They physically felt so nauseous. Um, you had to get it out of and your they system. Had to, they had the weirdest dreams in the world. Years ago, my friends and I, and this is pre-pandemic, we thought it would be a great idea to do all the Harry Potters. Okay. And in a day. Oh, that's, that's a time a commitment. No, we didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we didn't make it. It's How many episodes is there? Nine of the Harry Potters all, oh my gosh. all in or seven? I don't even remember. It's a, Adam's going to yeah. find out for yeah. us. Yeah. I think because the last like one was seven. a two-parter. I should know this. It's well, a lot. That's we, a lot of Wingardian Leviosas to sit through in one day. <laughs> yeah, we were all levitating by the end of. But we got through four, and I think I felt kind of nauseous. Like it's just our minds aren't meant for that. So fast forward, I'm very curious to see what kind of an impact it's going to have on people this last two years, and it's still ongoing. People are still. Mm-hmm completely binging and do, do you think this is here to stay this kind of viewing like is it ever ever going to go back to people watching game of thrones once a week and then carrying on in their lives i don't think so unless unless networks return to the staggered release like succession you can't unless you're behind you can't just binge a full season at once because they release it weekly and for some reality tv shows like real housewives and below deck they release it every week so you have to go way back into the old stuff to actually successfully binge something but you know netflix will frequently release stuff all at once and so then you can really sit down and like dig into a lot of content I just think it's also, this is a winter activity. This is a winter sport, in my opinion, because in the summer, I'm not doing this so much. It's not like I'm not watching content in the summer and I'm always outside being this active, you know, body break episode, but I definitely do way more couch potatoing in the winter months, especially after, especially in January, like January and February. What do you do 35 below? What are you supposed to do? 
it's literally dangerous to go out. Um, there was a story not so long ago about a family in the UK. The gentleman is an engineer, some kind of a mechanical engineer, and he rigged the television that you had to pedal the bike or walk on the treadmill to watch TV. So oh. they're viewing, yeah, seriously. That's grounds for this, divorce. Well, <laughs> the, the kids were just like not happening, and I'm sure they were just watching stuff on their phone. Mm-hmm. But he and his wife would take turns either pedaling while one sat down, and, and they both lost like between them a, a ton of weight. I believe that. Doing this. So good for them. Yeah. Um, other things happening in the world. There's lots of th- nutty things going on. Um, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm team Ina. I, I don't drink. I don't think I would do Manhattans, but I would definitely do lots of tea and sodas and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't know if you guys team Ina? Is that I'm what we're Ina. doing? Okay. Yes, Big time. Team Ina. And um, I posted this on social and pretty well everyone who follows me wrote back and was like, yeah, no team Ina. <laughs> well, it was very funny and definitely fuel for fodder on Twitter. That's the one nice thing about Twitter. Um, it, it's just, it's really great. And we all love to see celebrities talking back and forth to each other. Some of my, <laughs> some of my favorite, uh, you know, threads are that kind of good hearted sparring that goes on between uh, Ryan Reynolds and um, Hugh Jackman come to mind because oh, they are, they are so funny together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, how they go after each other all the time. Anyway, I digress. So uh, the Oscars, Tom Holland, possible host. Yeah. A- any thoughts on this? He's likable. Uh, he's likable. I mean, he's done. So he's done stuff. He's like been on, on stage. He can dance. So, you know, that kind of like Hugh Jackman-esque um, opening number where he could dance and sing and do all like he is an option for that. I also think that correct me if I'm wrong, someone who's listening, but I think that ABC, which own which airs the Oscars, is owned by Disney, which also owns Marvel, and he's Spider Man. So there's usually like a little promo tie in there. He wouldn't be bad. I also heard that Pete Davidson's being thrown around as a name for as a potential okay, Oscars host. I, I'm, nope. I'm going to say hard no. Okay, no. hard no I, for you guys. You know, with Pete Davidson. And I know he gets, I don't, I really don't know much about the man, so I shouldn't even be commenting. But for me, from a distance, as a 59 year old woman, soon to be 60, I just want to give him a bath. I want to put him in a steam shower and scrub him up. And, but I think he is a very sweet person. He's funny. Oh, he's very funny on Saturday Night Live, but like not an Oscar host. I don't know. Yeah. I saw him do stand-up, and it was loose, but it was good. So he's not an immediate no for me. Okay. Well, the Golden Globes were non-existent. I don't even know. I, 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 they came and went. What was that? Last Sunday? The Sunday before? When the hell did this happen? They happened at the Beverly Hilton in L.A. Okay. It wasn't even live-streamed. Nobody knew it was there. It was in like a, a conference room and they were just given out and it was announced online. And then that was it. There was nothing. And it, unless you were, you know, a, a staff member at the Beverly Hilton or somebody who happened to peek your head in to the room while they were going on, you would have had no idea this even occurred. So are award shows seeing their final frontier? I don't know. People seem very disinterested in celebrating that kind of, and I'm not going to say narcissism, but there's, there's, you can't, there's no winner in arts. I will never budge on my opinion of that. There's, and the best song of all times goes to, I mean, it is so subjective. It, it is, is impossible to literally pick one actress out of seven 
I'm getting the wind up. Anyway, we've Sorry. got lots to talk about today. <laughs> we can keep talking about award shows. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do need to touch on that because I get so much mail about award shows. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Caitlin Green and Adam Karsh. We'll be right back. We're back, Jan Arden Podcast, Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. Award shows, uh, Golden Globes came and went. They were, it's almost like 1940 when they used to hold the awards just with industry people. You guys are far too young, but even in the Junos, there was a time where they put every a-hole in the world in the the music business that were all standing in the back of the room at the bar, just drinking. Uh, They changed the rules as it went along that they didn't have the bar in the theater, which was quite a great idea, everybody, because now we're going to listen. So it was just interesting people. It wasn't the fans. So anyway, fast forward. Now here we have a similar situation where obviously fans can't come. It's just industry. But I don't even know who showed up. Did anyone see pictures? No, there's no pictures. There's no celebrities. There's no red carpet. There's no nothing. And the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is the association that's behind the Golden Globes. They vote on it. They run it. They have been embroiled in brutal scandals. So they were shunned. Like NBC dropped the awards and the elites of Hollywood were like, no, thank you. We don't want to take part in this this year. So this is a little bit of a slightly different story from say the Oscars or um, like, you know, the Grammys or something else. Not to say that those those award shows still haven't been suffering from reduced viewership, but I do think that because of that scandal, they like, this is a different story. And, but now it's like, they already weren't doing well. Then the scandal happened and now they didn't have, like nothing was televised this year. No one cared about the awards being handed out. And it feels like, are these the last days of the award ceremonies? Because people are losing interest, scandal or not, people are definitely losing interest in these things. But I'm, I'm an awards show junkie. I don't agree with them always, but I love the content around them. And I do really, I like the Academy Awards. They can be out of touch sometimes. The Grammys has always felt like really behind to me whenever they hand out the best new artist. I'm like, I've been listening to that person for three years. So there's a bit of that. They've never been good to hip hop. I'm like a huge hip hop fan. And the awards has just like really overlooked that part of music for so long. They're finally kind of catching up, but like even still. So there is a bit of that subjectiveness that I think everyone can agree makes it difficult to enjoy them all the time. If you're a big fan, I just still love the content surrounding them. Like if they went away, I would miss them. Yeah. I think it's an opportunity for us to see our, a very current version of our favorite stars. Uh, possibly mm-hmm. get to see them singing something live. I think the, um, for me personally, just being in the music business, it's going to get tricky because you guys have seen, uh, like I have, so many new genres of music that are undefinable. And y- you can go into iTunes or Spotify and one artist will be under six different, they'll be adult contemporary, they'll be hip hop, they'll be house music, like whatever they're, I think, these award shows can't even keep up with how to categorize music, how to award somebody. I mean, back in the day, best blues singer, R&B, R&B is so vast. There's like, there's 10 sub genres inside of the realm of R&B. So in just because of that, I think it's going to be more difficult to hand out the hardware because Mm -hmm. like you said, Caitlin, things are going overlooked because they don't fit into these, main categories of stuff. I mean, rock is rock, but is it? Is rock rock? Uh, it, yeah. Anyway. 
And a lot of artists get rattled because they'd be like, why am I nominated in this category and not the other category, which is kind of where I would have placed myself as an artist. So yeah. And you've heard lots of uh, artists talk about how they don't feel like award shows are reflective of the actual success or popularity or even like necessarily critical acclaim. So there was an out of touch for so long portion of this. The other big debate too, at least with movies is always that everyone's like, Oh, I love comic book movies, but they never get any awards. And so now they're like, should they create like a popcorn? They call it like a popcorn award for box office. Like a box, but then I was like, the box office is the award. You guys are the only (laughs) movie genre that makes any money and has a decent theatrical release anymore. And I do think that those movies are typically well rewarded or at least well nominated when it comes to the majority of their budget being spent, which is special effects and like sound design and editing and all that stuff. So they do get nominated in those categories. But some people will argue that they feel like because something is really popular, it's the best actor, which I very dis- much disagree with. <laughs> like, I'm like, I find these movies really entertaining. Like Thor Ragnarok, one of my favorite movies. Taika Waititi <laughs> directed it. He's a great director. He is. Do I think Chris, he's so good. Like, but do I think Chris Hemsworth deserves an Oscar? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Come on. I love him. He's hot, but no. <laughs> Come on. Um, but it is, it's, I mean, back in the day, I loved hearing the speeches. I think that was a huge part too, is that you wanted to see people, A, embarrass themselves, B, be really demonstrative or um, just do foolish things or, and now it's, you know, a very long list of thanking lawyers and publicists and my glam squad, (laughs) you know, for getting me into this dress tonight. Boy, this thing's heavy. Like, I think we've all just come to the end of the line when it comes to acceptance yeah. speeches. Anyway, I wanted to talk about that a little bit just because uh, when I even saw a small headline about the Golden Globes, I was like, didn't know what happened. Don't know who won didn't anything know. and nobody seems to care. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you guys have all heard of the dad bod, which I think I have a dad bod, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 you don't. But uh, no, but no. now, and, and the dad bod was a little bit of a tummy you know, not big pecs, you know, the nipples are in a very good position, a little bit of thigh going on, a little bit of handling on the side. <laughs> so that's been a thing. And guys are considered quite sexy. The dad bod is, isn't appealing. He's so comfortable. It's like hugging a teddy bear. Well, now women are, they're moving on up. The moms of the world have said, no, time for the mom bod. I'm going to embrace the mom bod. Caitlin, do explain what is a mom bod and do we not all have mom bods, even if we haven't had them? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of women are now on social media celebrating, um, you know, having like a softer stomach, having stretch marks maybe after you've had kids or not, maybe after you've just like lived um, and just not this sort of, oh, I have to have this Kardashian, you know, designed by a team of robot scientists in Russian body. It's a different, more normal look. And it's, it's about showing confidence and curves and all that stuff. Well, I don't know when it happened that people somehow didn't think you were supposed to have cellulite. Like I don't, it's such a taboo, Mm. weird thing. So many women won't put on a pair of shorts or go to the beach or do anything because of a little bit of cellulite, which is of no fault of anybody's. It's not because, you know, you're there, there's 
athletes that have cellulite. Like, thank God there's people in the public eye that are finally coming forward. Ashley Graham comes to mind just because she's about to have another baby again. And she is considered a plus size model. And Mm. she had a picture last week. She's just about ready to give birth and her whole tummy stretch marks. And I found it really quite appealing. I'm just like, wow, what a great message to send to people that, you know, your body is your, it's your, I don't know. It's such a, prized, beautiful vehicle to which that we all kind of carry ourselves around the world. And it's not meant to be, you know, especially social media, so much fitness stuff and these perfect abs. And I, I don't know. How look at how annoying is the person who's always like, am I hot? Am I hot? Like that person's annoying. That's not a sexy quality to me. And I think that's why like the mom bods, the the dad bods, like that is also representative of what I feel like this person is like to hang out with. And that's what I like. I'm like, that is like someone who's confident. That is somebody who has lived. That is somebody who is not vacuous and living their life waiting to pass by the next mirror. And so I don't know. I just, I also think oh, also maybe men have been kind of, I don't want to say forced because some guys probably actually do think this and are like this. Maybe they're younger, but like men don't really only like one body type. That has been this like weird conception that has been around since, you know, Victoria's Secret fashion shows that this is the only thing men like, and this is the only thing they find sexy. It's like, no, men find curvy women sexy. Men find um, Ashley Graham sexy. Men don't care if you have a C-section scar all the time, or if you have a tummy or cellulite or stretch marks. I mean, there's like a great Kendrick Lamar quote in a rap song about this. And it's just like, this is not accurate either necessarily for people's actual sexual preferences. I couldn't agree more. It's, there's just so, I don't know, the pressure put on what the, the perfect body is, is it defies logic to me. It's, it's certainly not healthy for anybody. And me personally, I've, I don't follow a lot of fitnessy stuff. If I get on to, uh, like Instagram people that are just uh, the self-serving selfie abs, you know, here's me doing a kettlebell thing. I'm, I'm just, it's anyway, Adam's rolling his fingers around. Somebody's got to keep this train moving. Jan Arden podcast. We'll be right back. What's wrong with being, what's wrong with being, what's wrong with being confident? Uh-huh. What's wrong with being, what's wrong with being, what's wrong with being confident? Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast. I just yeah. I'm not finished talking about the mumbot thing here um, because it's just, it's really important for women of any age or men for that matter to please just embrace yourself where you are, meet yourself where you're at. Like, don't think if you do this or if I get into this pair of jeans I'm telling you right now, weight loss, it's just a lie. And yes, health is so important. It's, it's your prime goal in life to, you know, have good blood pressure and to keep moving and walking. But I'm telling you, you don't need a gym membership. I, maybe I'm the, the antichrist of the fitness world, but I do stuff every day. And no, I don't have, I have the one ab that I try and feed (laughs) bread to, you know, your bread ab at least once a day. But, but you guys just do not need to run down that road of, 
I will be happy when, I will be accepted in life when, you know, what's in your heart and your zest for life and how you approach your own joy is infectious. And I'm telling you, it's what people see at the end of the day. It's not, wow, she looks really great in those jeans. What, what, what's in that? Absolutely nothing. It's a little sliver of something that makes people feel good, but there's no, no. there's no longevity in that. You have to live with yourself. It isn't like, again, if the whole purpose of like, you know, trying to like look good in this like superficial way is to attract other people, I just would like everyone to recall their past hookups. And you're like, how many times is a really hot person also kind of disappointing in that department? And also how many times is there somebody who, yes, sure, technically they're really good looking or they're photogenic. They look great on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And you meet them in real life and you're like, I don't know, you have like very little sex appeal to me. That's another thing. It's just, we're ignoring the multifaceted nature of humans being attracted to each other. And we're trying to boil it down to some cardboard cutout of a hot guy and a hot woman. And we're actually like that's it that's where it begins and ends I'm like absolutely not this ignores so much of how we connect with people and how we are attracted to them and how we hook up it's just it's not true like hot people aren't better I'm sorry they're not they're not better they're not better no. in they're not better at all <laughs> these things like I'm just I'm not I don't agree I'm, I'm Amen. sorry I just, yeah <laughs> and if someone is passing you up to go after this idea of what they want sexually, that's why they go through partner after partner after partner. And, you know, my mom used to say, well, thin people get left too, you know. Look at Halle Berry. Halle Berry has been cheated Halle on. Halle Berry. Has so been many cheated times. on. Like, this is insane. This is crazy. If Beyonce. That, yeah. Beyonce, precisely. Beyonce. I mean, Beyonce, I just, I don't know. To me, as I've gotten older and got to know myself for sure, I am so attracted to a person's essence. I don't want to sound, you know, being oddly esoteric or, but, but a person that you're thinking, what is my type? I've never felt like I've had a type my whole life. Mm. I've never, it's not brown hair. It's not blonde hair. It's not tall, short. I am so person specific when I meet somebody, I'm just like, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but this person is I just want to be around them. Yeah. And I love that. They have a and thing. If you, yeah. And if you allow yourself that, but this, I mean, the weight loss industry is billions and billions of dollars. If I see one more <laughs> commercial and I'm not, I'm not going to like point the finger at one specific thing, but right now there's a lot of platforms for weight loss. There has to be dozens. Um, Noom comes to mind, Weight Watchers, um, uh, and anybody else like throw them out there i mean that's just i'm inundated i mean i know weight watchers i've heard of noom i get ads for them all the time yeah i get a lot of like supplements too like you know meal supplements and nutritional supplements and i get a lot of like you know intermittent fasting apps to help you monitor things and all that, Seen that? I'm like i just <sighs> but what are they telling you you're not good enough the way you are but yeah. if you do this you can lose 10 pounds in 30 days. So what exactly does that mean? God, this pisses me off. It does. And it also too, like I've talked about it over the years. We talked about it on the morning show I work on. And like, we all know this is just, it's calories in, calories out. You're not reinventing the wheel on this one. If you feel like you need to get a little bit healthier and you've talked about it with your doctor and that's like a real thing, it's not imagined, then it is just 
calories in, calories out. And sometimes the part two of working out isn't really about looking better in a bathing suit or necessarily about um, being more sexually attractive. It's also just about vitality, making sure that you don't throw your back out, making sure that you're still mobile <laughs> and you're flexible. That's because that's it's everything. It's everything. It's just, you know, it's again, it's one dimensional. And I got to say to everyone, like, think about this in your head. Aren't you bored? Isn't this boring? Isn't this so, so so boring? boring? I don't want to talk about diets at a party. I don't, if I sit next to somebody at a dinner and they're like, oh my God, you know what I'm doing right now? It's this really cool thing where I like only eat one avocado in the morning. And then for the rest (laughs) of the day, I think about food instead of eating it. I'm like, hey, move me away from you. This is a yawn fest. Yeah. No, it's disordered eating also, by the way. Like it is not like what you should be doing. It's not going to be successful. It's not going to be successful. It's not going to be successful. No. And it's, it's, you know, and then, and then the the failure is, is multiplied, you know, 50 fold by someone who, you know, it used to drive me up the wall to watch The Biggest Loser. You know, here we have a, a huge network spending millions of dollars housing people away from their families for three months and giving them a cash prize for how much weight they can lose in the shortest amount of time. If you ever click on, and I stumbled upon this, you know, months ago, you know, just cruising the internet of where are they now? Where are the biggest losers now? And it actually made me want to cry my head off because it was one horrific story after the next of these poor people that not only had put on the 92 pounds that they lost, but they had gone up exponentially because they threw out this rhythm in their bodies that it just, they're going to have lifelong problems. What we're being sold isn't real. It's not true. You're not going to be better if you lose 20 pounds. Yeah. In a perfect world, I suppose we'd all, you know, want to go in and get a size pair of 10 jeans. But just FYI, the larger size clothing in every brand, the 12, 14, 16s are the first ones to sell out consistently year after year after year after year. They're gone. Mm -hmm. We don't have any big sizes left. When I tour, and say what you will, I mean, send all your jokes and insults to to me directly. I'd appreciate (laughs) it. But all the larger sizes in my merch it goes right away. We have to make sure that we have them. A, people want a bigger fitting t-shirt. Yeah. They don't, but I'm, I'm stuck with so many small t-shirts at the end of any run. I don't ever, we don't even order them anymore Mm -hmm. because people don't want them. It takes, you know, and it does, it takes some really conscious effort in your mind to like derail some of this programming because that's what it is. You've kind of been programmed this way. Um, And against your will or even knowledge, this stuff has seeped into your brain as being the ideal version of being a person. And, you know, my body changed after I was pregnant and I'm a different size. And that took a while for me to like get over. Like I was like, okay, I, I, I don't fit into all my exact same pairs of jeans. And I kept a whole bunch of them. and was like, one day I will. And then I was like, why are you doing this? You have the ability to buy new clothes. Stop <laughs> doing this. It's so stupid. Good and, for you, you know, Caitlin. And like my friends and my husband are like, you look great. This is you being overly critical of yourself. But you have to like, I mean, I've talked about this with therapists where I was like, why am I doing this? Logically, I know this isn't true. I know that I look healthy, that I'm going to see a trainer. Like I'm, I'm in good shape. My doctors all say I'm healthy. That's the one, that's what matters. And so I, but I'm like, okay, because it's there and it like lives in your brain and it has a life of its own. And so you just have to be aware of it and be conscious with it and not to be so hard on yourself. 
yourself. Like if you still fall into that category a little, sometimes you're like, oh, I've fallen into a mental trap of holding on to jeans I wore in high school. Like I'm going to ever fit into them again. Or like, that's a goal I should even have as an adult person. Yeah. Um, don't blame yourself. It's, it's a hard thing to overcome, but you just have to kind of be aware of it. And like, look around at how many people you yourself find attractive that aren't models. Because that's how everyone thinks about you. Like people think you're good looking. Like that's, I promise you, people have <laughs> yes. had crushes on you. They've had crushes on you at work. They've thought about you. They've thought about you romantically. You they just don't thought know it. about laying on top of you <laughs> and moving around. Yeah. And like that's kissing you. Man. <laughs> people forget about that, I think as well. Uh, so well said. Don't wish your life away. Don't live in this static place of someday when I get to this, someday when I, you know, I had friends, you know, up to present day that buy pants that don't fit them, but their goal is I bought those jeans. They were $340, but I am going to get into them. We're, we're going to be right back. We're, we're, we're going to keep talking about this because I think it's important. This is the Jan Arden podcast. I'm here with Caitlin Green. Adam Karsh will be right back. I am beautiful. No matter what they say, words can bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, words can bring me down. Oh, no. So don't you bring me down today. Welcome back to the Jan Podcast. We somehow got on to talking about dieting and weight loss and things like that, that permeate our every freaking frame of our day. And Caitlin in the break was just about to talk about cleansing your, especially your Instagram feed, visual feed of, of what Caitlin? Of unrealistic beauty standards. Get rid of okay. it. Get rid of things that make you feel bad. If you look at this person's post or this account or publication, whatever, and it's always just, you know, an 18 year old in a bikini, why are you following it? I don't care if this is a clothing brand that you might actually buy something from. Just go to their website when you want to look at things, but take it off of your feet because it's poisoning your brain. And all of us live on our phones all the time. Let's not pretend we don't. We spend so much time scrolling that you can curate your feed. Stop interacting with those profiles. Stop interacting with those accounts. Don't follow them. Don't double tap. Don't save them. Don't send them to friends and only follow and interact with accounts that make you feel good. And because of how much time we spend on social media, I at least noticed a real difference in how I felt when I made a conscious effort to start doing that. It just it felt more, ref- I was like, this is me anyways. Why don't I see me in my own social feeds? This is dumb. I'm like, why am I? And it would just typically be, I liked a clothing brand or they had a contest or it was a celebrity. I was like, why am I following this? I don't, I don't even care about it. So I unfollowed it and I don't engage with those things anymore. And now I don't get them because the algorithm is watching everything you interact with and it'll keep feeding you stuff that you interact with. So interact with like stuff that you actually like. And just know that people say stupid things. You know, David Foster, for example. Oh, yeah. Very talented. Oh, yeah. Very talented guy. Very talented guy. Comments about his his wife, uh, Catherine McPhee, which is wife number 19, I think. (laughs) Um, You know, she just had a baby. She's in her 30s. What baby? What a body. Like, what baby? He's commenting that she looks exactly like, you know, a woman, which is the actual polarized 
you know, comment from me talking about Ashley Graham and her stretch marks and her belly and, and, you know, excited about having her baby and not focusing on the goddamn, you know, what his wife's body looks like afterwards. I mean, how, I don't know. I can't even comment to it, Caitlin, because it touches every nerve in my body. Yeah. It's incredibly annoying. It's so annoying. I read this story and there are much more intelligent takes than just simply calling it annoying. But I feel like that's what it boils down to. I'm like, this is irritating. This is irritating, humble bragging behavior about, look, my wife still looks hot after she had a baby. You're 72. Grow up. I'm saying this as someone who's much younger than you. Grow up and start celebrating things that matter. And this is like, this is the most low hanging fruit I've ever heard of in my life. And that's what it felt like. And it irritated everybody. It irritated people who hadn't had kids. It irritated other men who were like, come on, man, this is just annoying. Like it's an annoying, unlikable character trait to do that. It's just, it is, it's just, you can't help it. You can try to boil it down any other way, but it's like, oh, I don't really like you now. So the end. Well, it, it, like I said, to, to spend the precious time that you have on this planet Never feeling capable, worthy, seen, if you're going to judge your day-to-day happiness by what a pair of pants fits like. And Caitlin nailed it. By a different pair of pants. Your, your life goal shouldn't be fitting into a t-shirt. Like, I have every size of stuff in my closet, um, I usually clear it out every couple of years, to be honest. I give stuff away. I've got lots of girlfriends that, you know, oh, I'll take it. I, there's tons of people that can use this stuff. And I have been so many weights in my career, and I, I've told you guys this story before of the, the big executive in the car that said, you're 30 pounds away from superstardom in this country. And my mom's saying, tell him you don't want to gain any more weight. I love telling that <laughs> story because it is essentially, it sums up, the, the, the true North person that I had in my life cheering me on that always said, there's nothing wrong with you. You've got cute little arms. Why do you should show your arms? I don't know why when I was younger, I was like, I, I better not show my arms. I don't even know why you guys, it's I crazy. don't know why. So what part, and there wasn't even social media in those days. Somebody must've commented about my mm-hmm. arms. Uh, whether it was freckles or whatever it was. And, and I, so I hid them away all summer long. Now I'm in like loose tank tops that I've cut the sleeves off of. I've got my midi tattoo on there now. I can't wait to pull that out this summer. I've got cellulite. I've got stretch marks. I had gained a whole bunch of weight in my late twenties. I put on, I'm going to say 40 pounds in two years and it was, I was unhappy. I was drinking all the time. You know, there was a myriad reason for it. But um, yeah, I've, I've still got faint lines. On, and I'm just like, I think nothing of putting on a bathing suit and sitting in Palm Springs and being there with my pals, my pals who look at me and go, oh my God, that's the cutest suit. You look great. Yeah. And I, and I lamented the time that I wasted on not liking that person. 
because it does feel like, right. It feels like a waste. You're like, this was a waste. I could have been feeling really good or at least better. And I could have been seeing myself the way that my friends and other people really do, which is, which is, I would say for most of us quite positive. I mean, think of your friends. I can think of my friends and I don't catalog their faults. I think about all the things I like about them. I think about who have, I'm like, oh my God, she has such great hair. Like this friend always smells good. She has such a beautiful smile. I love how she's like, I love her personal style, all that stuff. Like I can think of something I like about how all of my friends look. I don't think about like 10 million gross things. Now that is how I talk to myself sometimes. So it's also about reworking that conversation with yourself Mm -hmm. and talking to yourself the way you would talk to your friends and thinking of the stuff that you do like about yourself. Sometimes I'm like, why am I focusing on all the things I don't like when I should be focusing on the things that I do? It's like, you wouldn't, (laughs) you wouldn't focus on the skills in life that you don't have. You get it. You you're employed based on the skill set that you do have. Like everything in life should be focusing on your best attributes, not your worst, grow your best, forget the rest. Like I, I just, it's such a, it's, it's very limiting for your own personal happiness to kind of live well, that it's way. Excellent advice. I mean, it, it, I'm so glad you said that Caitlin, because for you to, to say to all our listeners, I got to kind of take my own advice. Like you're like, why can't I hear what I'm saying to my mm-hmm. friends and speak to myself the way I speak to my beloved friends? Yeah. Why aren't I having that conversation with myself? The longest conversation you're going to have in your life. Brain, you, (laughs) you, your brain, and we're trying to foil our own plans. You know, I want to just sort of tie a bow around this idea of the accolades and the, the, you know, the people bowing down in front of Adele this past year because of her weight loss. And in a general sense, I love Adele, don't get me wrong. I think what she's done for music and for contemporary music and singer-songwriter music and getting back to standing there and not having to do choreography and singing a song, you know, in, in front of people without 19 f- nude dancers and all that stuff, I applaud her. But what we've done as a society to, like her weight and her body now are by far a bigger focus than her music. They've, they've superseded that her, her image, her dresses, her appearance, how beautiful was, you know, I thought she was beautiful before. I don't, I hate the conversation that's gone on around about, uh, around it. I, I resent it. It makes me, it just makes me feel not betrayed. I'm happy for her. I think it was health reasons is a lot, but I think it's the reaction of the world, yeah. And she hated it too. She talked about this with Oprah. She was like, I didn't like this because she was having really terrible anxiety. And everyone knows like statistical data will support the fact that when you are exercising, you are happier and it does reduce anxiety. So she did it for mental health, not to look hot. And she didn't appreciate all the comments about her body because it's so personal. I think she was shocked mm-hmm. at what had happened. Are you wrapping us up now, Adam? I am. I'm are sorry. not on Adele. <laughs> I know. Sorry. We are, we are sorry. out of okay, time. Okay. Listen. Sorry. Uh, What's your final 30 seconds? Sorry, we're going to run a little bit over. That's just how it's going to happen. Appreciate yourself. Yeah, and you look great. The end. (laughs) You look great. The end. Thanks for listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. Totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.